Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. You may just remain seated. I'm going to turn in our scriptures today, and I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter number 10. Uh, Beginning with verse number 10, the Bible says, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Aren't you glad Jesus sacrificed his body for you and I? Offered up his, his body for us. Verse 11 says, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. All those blood sacrifices could not do the job. Verse 12 tells us, But this man, can you say that with me? But this man? But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, From that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And from those verses of scripture, I want to talk to you about this that I have entitled today, simply, But This Man. But this man. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness and your blessings. We thank you for every guest and visitor that's in our house, in your house this morning. We pray that you will touch them. Let them feel your presence, your ministering spirit. I pray that you will touch my lips and anoint me to preach this that you've laid upon my heart. That we might have a greater understanding of you when all of this is done today. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said... Amen. I'm not going to be long today. I put these notes together and I thought, boy, I'm going to have this done in no time. But that's okay, huh? Short is good, right? You want me to go a long time today? (laughs) I want to begin by telling you this. Before the worlds were ever framed... Before God ever spoke the first, let there be, God had been working toward a specific moment in time, and every event in the creation of humanity and the creation of this world and the history of all that has gone on since then, God has been working towards one particular event. What I'm trying to say is this. Before God ever breathed the breath of life into that lifeless corpse known as Adam's body, before he ever breathed the breath of life into him, God knew what it was going to cost him. God knew Calvary was in the future. And I picture and I imagine God bending low to breathe into Adam the breath of life and contemplating in his own mind and thinking to himself, if I go ahead and breathe this breath, it is going to demand that I robe myself in flesh and shed my blood for this life that I'm about to bring into this world. 
Now, I've been in situations where I have counted the cost and knew once I do this, there's no coming back, and I have hesitated with many things. And I'm sure you have too, when you think of what it's going to cost you if you go ahead and do this. God knew while he was getting ready to breathe into Adam the breath of life, exactly what it was going to cost him. I read an interesting statement from Max Lucado. Many of you have probably read his writings um, over your Christian walk. But I read this statement from Max Lucado, and I want to read it to you today because he said it this way. As the echo of the crunching of the fruit was still sounding in the Garden of Eden, Jesus was leaving for Calvary. That's a powerful statement. While the fruit was still crunching in Eve's mouth, even prior to giving it to her husband Adam, the moment that crunching was still echoing through the garden, Jesus was on his way to Calvary. Don't you love him for his willingness to die for your sins? <laughs> Praise God. You see, when man sinned in the garden, when Adam and Eve fell, when Adam and Eve did what they were told not to do, it did not catch God by surprise. He was not caught off guard. You know I've said that many times. These are the words you will never hear spoken by the mouth of God. You will never hear him say, wow, I never saw that coming. <laughs> because God knows everything. He is never caught off guard, nor was he caught off guard when Adam and Eve disobeyed his voice. And so after pronouncing his curse on the woman and his curse on the man, and this lesson is not about cursing the humanity today, but I do want to tell you that he also cursed the devil himself, who was in the form of a serpent. And he said, I will make you, the devil, and the woman hate each other. And her offspring and yours will always be enemies. And her offspring... And as we whittle this down, we find out that he's specifically speaking of her offspring being Jesus born after the flesh. Her offspring is going to crush your head and you will bite her offspring's heel. That's Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Her offspring, Jesus coming in the flesh, is going to crush his head. Now what happens if you have your head crushed? You're dead. What happens if you have your heel wounded? You limp for a little bit and you carry on. Jesus had his heel wounded on Calvary, but the devil was defeated that day, and you and I are free today to make our way back to heaven's shores because of what Jesus did on Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 2, it says, For the joy that was set before him, the him here is Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. There's not a more cruel, uh, painful death than a, than, than a crucifixion, the most wickedly devised form of capital punishment ever in the history of humanity is a crucifixion. For the joy that was set before him, he endured that cross, 
And he despised the shame. It was a shameful thing to be sentenced to crucifixion. Very shameful. And he despised that shame, endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And the despising the shame is the fulfillment of the scripture that said he will be bitten on the heel. He did have a problem to overcome, and that was dealing with the being bitten on his heel and the shame of crucifixion. But of course, we know the devil had his head mortally wounded that day because he lost his power over humanity to whosoever will can come to Jesus Christ. My friend, if you are bound by sin, you need a savior. If you are lost and hopeless, you need a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If you have no hope in this world, you need hope in the next world. His name is Jesus. I adjure you to come to him. Praise God. Despise means to intensely dislike, and it means to regard with contempt. It was not easy for Jesus to go to Calvary. Even though he knew the future, it was not easy to do. He did not want to do it, actually. If you are familiar with the scriptures, you know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, just prior to his being led away for his crucifixion, he prayed earnestly that if there was any way possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through with this. I do not want to have to go give my life by way of crucifixion for the lost souls of humanity. If there is any other way, thank God he said those words upon which hung my salvation and your salvation, and that was, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I think those are the most blessed words Jesus ever spoke. Greater than uh, rise up and walk. Greater than open your eyes and see. Greater than hear where you've never heard before. I think the greatest words Jesus ever spoke was, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Because on those words hung not my physical healing, but my spiritual salvation. On those words hung my eternal destiny. And I thank Jesus for saying, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. It was not easy for Jesus to go to Calvary. It was not easy. He did not want to do it. Even though he knows the end from the beginning, he did not want to have to go through the pain and the torment of what we are about to see historically take place this coming week prior to Easter. He did not want to have to go to Calvary. But I want you to know something and I want you to listen carefully. That is exactly how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. Because if you are the only person in all of history, of all humanity, to finally say, I will take the blood that was shed on Calvary and apply it to my life, and the rest of humanity went the way of the world, if you were to be the only one, he would have gone to Calvary for you. Thank you, Jesus. And that is how much he loves us. You know how much he loves you. You know how much he does. He said, not my will, but thine be done. But if my will be done, Richard Frank is going to hell. Susan Frank is going to hell. Jameson Frank is going to hell. 
I'm just calling out family members' names. The rest of you are going to hell too. <laughs> you never heard that from a pulpit, did you? If he did not say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, we are going to hell. That's how much he loves us. He endured the cross, despising the shame, so we could, be, we could be saved. The question this morning I want to pose to you is not how much does he love us, because we know the answer to that. My question to you is how much do you love him? How much do you love him? Do you love him enough to do his bidding? Do you love him enough to seek his will? Do you love him enough to let him guide your life? Do you let him love him enough to let him direct your steps so that your last step and your final step is on to celestial shores of glory? Do you love him that much? Do you love him enough to do what he tells you to do? Do you love him enough to live how he wants you to live? Do you love him enough to shun what he wants you to shun? The question is not, how much does he love me? The question is, how much do we love him? I was guilty with nothing to say in my defense. Picture a man in the court of law with the charges being brought against him. That's me. You are guilty of this, this, this. What do you have to say for yourself? You're right. I can lie and say I didn't do it. The facts remain that I did. I have no hope of my own. In fact... I am guilty of what Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20 tells us. This should be me. The soul that sins, it shall die. The soul that sins, it shall die. Can the person without sin shout hallelujah? Deafening silence and rightly so. Because the only ones without sin are too small to understand what I just said. They're too little to comprehend what I just said. If they can comprehend what I just said, chances are they've already sinned. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20, The soul that sins, it shall die. That's scripture. Then why do we have the hope of heaven? I'll tell you why we have the hope of heaven. But this man, I am going to hell, but this man took my place. I am lost, but this man took my place. I am destined to destruction, but this man took my place. Hallelujah. Bible said, the high priest stands ministering daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. And then in verse 12 it said, but this man, that's my sermon title today, but this man, I'm on my way to hell, but this man, I have no hope in this life, but this man. I deserve punishment by sin, but this man. The songwriter wrote and said, I don't know if I can call on this spur of the moment, Jameson or not, First Lady or not. The old song, I Should Have Been Crucified. Do you think he could sing that at the end of my sermon today? 
Get the words. I'm going to read some of the words to it right now. And this is why you need to be in church, not just watching this on YouTube. Not watching it on YouTube, but this song is not going to be on YouTube. The YouTube, the YouTube video is going to end when I say I'm done. But I'm going to see if I can get the first lady up here to sing this song. Listen carefully. I was guilty with nothing to say. And they were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven was heard that said, Let him go. Take me instead. But this man said, Let him go. Take me instead. I should have been crucified. I should have suffered and died. I should have hung on that cross in disgrace. But this man, Jesus, thank God, took my place. Do you wonder why I live the way I do? I'm closing now. I told you it's going to be a short message today. Do you wonder why I live the way I do? Do you wonder why I was more than willing to be baptized in His name? Do you wonder why I'm willing to turn my back on this world and turn my face towards Jesus no matter what it costs me or what others say about me? It's because, but for this man, I would be spending my eternity in hellfire and brimstone. This is Passion Week, they call it, because it is the week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. Next Sunday, we will celebrate the resurrection. That gives us all hope. But for today, it was for but this man. After he had offered one sacrifice for all sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, the Bible tells us, for by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But this man, but this man saved my soul. If you're thankful for this man, would you clap your hands for Jesus? Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.